like, I didn't sign up for this. It's like, what did you sign up for? What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Film Fine Podcast, the greatest movie podcast ever, assuming you've never heard a movie podcast before. Welcome again to yet another show. I am your host, Adam Portress, and I am here with Matthew Smith. And we are going to be talking about movies today. We have two new uh, two new releases for you, one new one and one, I think that's fairly newish. It depends upon, uh, it, it's, it's new for here, we'll get into a little bit of that, but uh, today we're going to be talking about... Uh, uh, Burby and Sound Studio. I, believe, I, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, I, I'd like to claim I'm drunk on this one, but I, I'm not. Not not yet. Not five o'clock in the afternoon when we're recording this. <laughs> that would just be sad. But uh, so yeah, we're going to be uh, talking about that. Uh, a very interesting movie starring Toby Jones and a cast of Italian uh, people. Um, Certainly an interesting uh, movie, and we'll talk about that. And uh, our big main review this week will be of the new Roland Emmerich movie, White House Down, which is not exactly making a giant splash at the box office this week. Uh, leave that up to a uh, sadly up to Sandra Bullock. I don't, I don't understand Sandra Bullock. I don't know that she should have an Oscar in her pocket right now, but that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. Um. If this is your first time listening to Film Fine, the Film Fine podcast, if I can get my words out, welcome. Uh, you're wasted. You, you're wasted. I'm wasted. No, I'm gonna see. I even said you're wasted. Like I'm putting it back on. No, you're wasted, buddy. <laughs> no, you are. Classic. Know. I'm eating Kentucky Fried Chicken straight out of the box here, folks. So a uh, bucket. So yeah, that's that's it's the Colonel. Thanks, Colonel. No, um. Yeah, uh, welcome. If this is your first time, welcome. Uh, we sit back and we talk about movies on this show, uh, be they old, new, or whatever. Um, but if you are new or old, we want some feedback from you guys. So uh, please email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. Go review us on iTunes. Uh, this just kind of helps us get our show out to other people and helps, you know, make this show a better thing, you know. And hopefully that's what anybody who listens to this show would like to do. And we want to encourage some of this behavior. So we've decided to uh, get into the giving away business. We're giving. We're giving. We're already giving with free podcasts. And we're going to give a little bit more with now free uh, free crap. Swag, as we used to like to call it, until the uh, fucking kids took it over and made it like that's a shitty thing now. Thanks, LL Cool J. That's your fault, I think. Um, swag. Yeah, I was like, for me, it was like, because I, I worked at TV stations and stuff, and it was like, swag for me always stood for like, shitty, worthless-ass gift. But these aren't worthless gifts. This is actually a decent gift. Um, if you write us a review on iTunes, or email us, or post on our Facebook page, uh, all of those links can be found at thefilmfind.com, uh, we're going to give you something. If we like what you've, what you've had to say, we are going to give I, – I have a Stanley Kubrick coffee table book that I was going to be giving away at our Stanley Kubrick screening that kind of fell through. But I'm still – I still you know, want to give that book a nice home. So uh, write us a comment or on uh, you know the Facebook page or write us an email. Uh, best yet, send us a, a, a positive iTunes review. Let us know that was you. 
And, uh, hey, if we like it, we'll send you out this uh, nice Kubrick coffee table book. If you're a Kubrick fan, uh, I think you'll very much enjoy it. Um, just be cool, you know, to put a coffee table on your book, uh, on your on your actual coffee table that's got nipples in it. That's fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, Always so, fun. Yeah, so do that, and uh, that would be amazing of you to do. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. We're going to talk, uh, do a little what you've been watching, and then we're going to come back and we're going to review our two new movies. Stick around, everybody. Enter Jim Dragon Kelly. He clubbers them off as Black Belt Jones. I lost three of my best men in there. Now I'm asking you as a favor. You're asking me to be the fourth. Get a couple tanks and blast it down. Forget it, man. I ain't going in there. It's a fortress. Well, fortress or no, it's top priority. <laughs> so am I. It's suicide. And dust to dust. Now, who killed my father? Who's Pinky? What you want for little mama? I ain't your mama. She is good, man. She is bad. Boy, what are you talking about? Sydney. She went into the hip pocket. What? She's a fighter like us, man. It's pop, pop. She is bad. Ooh, she's bad. Now, what are you doing? No, no, you stay here till I get back. Do those dishes or something. They're done. Jones leads his private commandos into the nerve center of a gangland stronghold to crack a super crime conspiracy. Enter Jim Dragon Kelly. This is the movie that breaks through to a new dimension in film excitement as Kelly takes on the underworld.
right, everybody, welcome back. We're going to jump into a little bit of what you've been watching. Matt, what have you been watching this week? Uh, well, aside from a couple of Val Kilmer features uh, that I've written about on the split you, screen. You just won't let that go, will you? I won't, because <laughs> it takes up so much of my damn time. <laughs> it's like it's like this uh, this brilliant idea I had to be slightly annoying to the friends that uh, – that I have on Facebook about like just posting about Val Kilmer movies. No one gives a shit about for days on end. Aren't um, you doing top gun sometimes? No, it's, no, nope. No. Now it's turned into like, I don't know. I actually kind of in, like really enjoy doing it, but it is this never ending onslaught. I mean, this guy is a fucking workhorse man. Uh, surprising that he has that gut honestly work um but, but on, do you think and i don't know i mean you can we can de- it can be debated from whatever perspective that you'd like but uh do you think he needs paychecks somehow or is it just like he just does want to do this or i, mean, I think i think he's just uh like like he's just restless maybe he seems like the type of guy who'd be restless yeah I can see and that. and thus uh I don't know, just prone to work no matter what the job is. Like, I mean, there was a time in his in, in his career in the late 90s when, like, nobody really wanted to deal with him. You know, that whole, like, post, uh, post-Dr. Moreau debacle of, like, he was just yeah. the most difficult actor to, to deal with and Frankenheimer fucking hated him and nobody had a good experience with him for, I don't know, a good four or five years. So, like, you know... He's definitely taking advantage of uh, whatever he can get his hands on now. Um, anyway, aside from that, basically what I've watched this week is uh, I've been catching up on season three of The Killing. Um, watched the first six episodes, I think, is what what just aired on Sunday. Um, and I gotta say, like, I start okay. So here's the deal with The Killing. I really liked the first season, and then. They didn't solve the fucking murder, and I started hating it because, uh, like, they were just drawing it out to draw it out. And then the second season came out, and it was still the same case. And they, like, finally, at the end of the second season, got to another killer. I was just done. (laughs) I was just done with the fucking show. Um, But they brought it back. It it actually was canceled for a while. They brought it back. And uh, the third season, I got to say, has... Maybe the best writing and acting that the show has ever had. Um, they brought Peter Sarsgaard onto the cast. Um, and it's it's actually, like, really good. If they pull off a season where the story pays off properly, and I'm not even saying that they need to find the killer. That wasn't the major issue. The major issue was that it was all red herrings. Like, the entire fucking show was red herrings mm-hmm. for the first two seasons. But I think that if the story pays off, no matter if they reveal who the killer is or not, that this season will get me back on board. Because I was just, I was done. Um, but no, it's been very good. Uh, so The Killing, season three, if you were let down by the, mostly by the second season, um, like I say, give it a chance again. It's it's a lot of fun, I think. If you're a fan of procedurals. If you're not, fuck off, because... Uh, the show ain't for you. Trust <laughs> that. Cause it like, it is straight up procedural whole episodes, like no advancements are made in the case. So I like procedurals to a degree, but there's some things of late, especially on television that have been like, so no thank yous for me because it was like, 
Uh, take the following, for example. I couldn't make it through more than half of the first uh, episode of the following just because it was just like, let's let's instead of calling the following, we should call this cop cliche. Because it was every fucking cop cliche that you could ever possibly think of. And I'm just like, I can't watch this contrived piece of crap. Yeah. I, I can't do this. It's like, you know, you have a – it's not particularly that one because I can't remember all the things in there. But it was just like – it was just – you could play bingo with it. Do you have a drinking problem? Yes. Do you uh, Are you have troubles or divorced from your wife? Yes. Uh, are you on your way out? Yes. Uh, do you follow your own rules? Yes. Do you, uh, you know, not work well with others? Yes. Do you have a disdain for authority? Yes. Uh, is there – are you the only person who could do this possible case? Yes. I mean it's just all of those things, thing yeah. after thing after thing. And I'm like – sometimes I'm like – that's why I hated uh, uh, Man on the Ledge, For other than the fact that it's a shitty movie, is that it was just cop cliche after cop cliche. Uh, but, you know, they twist, they twisted it, man. It's Elizabeth Banks. She's the one who wakes up drunk, and then I'm not supposed to be here today, and then takes a swig off the booze, and then people coming in at the last second, you know, just to save the day. I'm like, this is, it was just such a cop cliche piece of shit, and I hated it. So I can't, you know, good procedurals I enjoy, though. Yeah, I think I think that uh, like the killing can fall into those cliches on occasion, but it overcomes them um, with like really great acting. You know, the the best two procedurals in recent TV history uh, were both single season shows, and both were created by the same guy. I can't think of his name now, but it's it's uh, Terriers and the Chicago Code. Like those were the two yeah. best procedurals, and they were both canceled, and they, they were all fucking brilliant. And then no one watched them. What do they have um, in common? That's right, Fox. Yeah, Fox is in common, but also I think it's that uh, you know, like the highest rated show on TV, like continuously, is fucking NCIS. And you want to talk I don't about like the a characters show. on NCIS? I think that I, yeah, I'm not interested in the characters. I think it's a like really poorly written show. And it also does that, like, every fucking cliche thing that can possibly be thrown in there gets thrown in there. Um, they're not cops, but, like, as far as a procedural goes, it hits the beats, you Might know? As well be, yeah. and, I, and I think that audiences are very – they're comfortable with it, you know? So, like, yeah. when, when a show strays from those cliche moments uh, – People get antsy and then like a show that's as kind of quirky as Terriers or as like in-depth or expansive as Chicago Code was trying to be. It just ends up failing on a popular level. Um, although, you know, say what you will about Fox, like Chicago Code right up, like straight up is a Fox failure. Uh, Terriers um, was low rated even by FX standards. Um, and FX like does keep shows alive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're a separate network. So, um, anyway, that's what I've been watching and I guess thinking about as I've, <laughs> as I've been watching it, but yeah. So the killing season three. Cool. Uh, I'm just going to talk real quick about, uh, about a, a time travel movie. I love time travel movies. Uh, even if they're kind of crappy, I enjoy them, but I do love a great time travel movie. Uh, Back to the Future is my uh, kind of desert island movie. While I would probably consider, you know, Star Wars New Hope my favorite movie of all time, Back to the Future is the movie that I can watch over and over and over and over and never get tired of it. 
but so I do love, and even though you can, you know, any time travel movie, you can pick out tiny little stuff in it. But uh, I do love a good time travel movie. And one of the time travel movies that I want to recommend uh, this week is on Netflix Watch Instant. Uh, it's called Time Crimes. It's uh, directed by Nacho Av- Villagando. I'm so terrible at names. We've said it a million times. But, that you know, sounds right. That sounds about. That sounds Spanishy, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. He kind of did a uh, did an Oscar nominated short film uh, that this movie is based on, and uh, it's about a guy who travels back in the past. And I don't want to give too much of it away, but um, uh, the way that this movie is layered and displayed out for you really it, it's it's something amazing to watch because you think that you know what's going on. And you think you have some sort of a clue, and everything kind of doubles and triples and quadruples back up on itself, and it kind of shows the uh, the true, you know, damages as it were to time travel. What that what that would kind of do to you, and uh, also makes you think about time in a in the linear and nonlinear sense. What would happen if you went back in time or forward or things like that to be able to, you know correct things that you needed to correct like i said i don't want to give too much of it away because part of the fun of time crimes is watching the unfolding of everything just realize that all of a sudden just just know that like in this little world all of a sudden time travel is possible a guy goes back in time something bad happens and he needs to go back in time again to try to uh fix this and it becomes just a big giant uh layer upon layer of things that go on and the way that they show like um our our hero's um, progression through time is very interesting, but uh, definitely, definitely worth a watch. It's from, oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember the year here off the top of my head, which I cannot do. 2007. 2007, uh, it's in Spanish, uh, and if you're one of those people that you know don't like Spanish and don't like reading English subtitles, I don't know why you're listening to this show. Uh, I, I don't want to go so far as to say you're not welcome, but uh, uh, you know, you're on the bubble. Watch yourself. <laughs> You're an adult, hopefully, and you should, you know, be able to, to watch a movie with subtitles. Anyways, uh, so that's my recommendation for this week is uh, Time Crimes. That's available on Netflix. Watch Instant. It is a great movie about time travel. And uh, Matt, do you, you've probably seen Time Crimes, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have actually seen it, but uh, it's well. it's good. Definitely worth your time. It's amongst those, uh, you know, movies that kind of came out a couple years ago that were uh, that dealt with time travel in a very interesting way. It's like that mm-hmm. and, uh, primer and whatnot. But uh, yeah, so do that. Check that out. All right, everybody, we are going to uh, wrap up this segment here, and we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with our new release of this uh, of this episode. Oh, gosh, I'm so tired. <laughs> Burberry and Sound Studio. We'll be right back. When I was
right, everybody, welcome back. We are going to jump into our first new review of this week. Here is the trailer for Barbarian Sound Studio. Excuse me, do you speak? No. A new world of sound awaits you. A new world that requires all your magic powers. Oh, grazie. Crazy man. <laughs> I didn't quite know I'd be working on this sort of film. What did you expect? What's he doing to her? <laughs> I've never worked on a horror film before. Horror film? This is a Santini film. Don't call my film horror again. This is going to be a fantastic film. Brutal and honest. Nagra 4D tape recorder. I try my best to do my work, and it's never good enough. Do what I tell you. Am I clear? I'm just a whore to them. I feel so dirty and cheap. All right, everybody, welcome back. That is the trailer for Barbarian Sound Studio, the new film uh, out. I, I don't know if it's out other places. Um, I'll let me tell you a little bit about my situation. Uh, I saw it at the uh, Back Alley Film Series, which is a uh, genre film series here in Charlotte. Uh, they go around and take movies that would not otherwise come to Charlotte in any way, shape, or form and uh, put those out in a theater for one night only. And uh, they they put out some really good films. They've gotten a lot of stuff from uh, from Magnet and Alamo Draft House films and um, – a lot of a lot of really good things, and uh, if if you're in the Charlotte area, look them up backalleyfilmseries dot com and uh, follow them because uh, they they put out some good stuff. Some great things happen. October is a great month because they have a whole bunch of uh, horror films, like one a week, and uh, good good stuff. Good people down there. So uh, they put out they 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 dropped this in Charlotte, and um, okay, let's let's read the summary because I I don't know if the trailer was uh, bizarre enough for you guys, <laughs> but. Uh, this is quite the bizarre film. Uh, it's uh, written and directed by Peter Strickland, t- starring Toby Jones. is going to be the one that everybody kind of knows. Even though if you don't know Toby Jones, you know who he is. You've seen him in in many a many movie. But you're just you're like, oh, that guy, that guy. I didn't realize he had a name. Yes, he's he's a person. He has a name. And uh, but uh, here's the uh, log line from IMDb: A sound in- engineer's work for an Italian horror studio becomes t- a terrifying case of life imitating art. I'd say that's a pretty accurate log line. And coming from IMDb, who in the past couple of weeks has really screwed us on some log lines, that one's not too bad. Um, let's start here. 
Uh, Matt, what did you think of this film? Uh, I I love the hell out of it, man. I uh, <laughs> it was like a, like a like an ode to sound design, um, specifically in 1970s uh, Italian horror films. And uh, I just thought it was, like, really interesting the whole way through. Like, it's basically a psychological thriller. Um, I don't know how many normal people would call it thrilling. Uh, but but I was definitely, like, kept – it kept my interest up. And uh, I was kind of on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, but I, I liked the, like, the the hardcore – cinephilia of it um basically like you never see the film that he's doing the sound work for yeah i really i really enjoyed that keeping that all in a sense and all of everything that you're looking at is you're looking at these people doing that and i thought that was an amazingly good choice yeah and and it's i mean and everyone can guess what's happening on screen because we're familiar enough with what things sound like in films uh but like just keeping the attention on the physical production of that sound in a Foley type setting, right. And the mixing and showing all of the processes and they, there's great close-ups of uh, actors who come in to make those like groan noises for witches and fucking goblins and shit. And it's all, you know, just them sitting there with their mouths contorted going, ah, oh, ah, that shit is awesome. It's so much like, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. And Toby Jones is great, man. I've liked him a long time, and he's great in this movie. Yeah, Toby Jones is one of those great character actors that I don't think gets enough uh, enough due for, for what he does. And uh, it, Okay, here are my thoughts on the film. Um, I need to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> I need to I watch it again because, boy, I, I, there's a lot of things. Everyone walked out of the theater just kind of going – I'm not sure what I saw, really. I have a vague recollection, and everybody's like, everybody agrees. It's like, well, it was it was beautifully shot. It was it was amazingly uh, edited. The sound in it is is fantastic, as one would assume sound would be in a uh, movie about sound design. But at the end of the day, fuck if it can't be hard to follow. <laughs> Uh, I guess the original trailer, which is not the trailer that I played for uh, for just a couple seconds ago, um, it it gave me more of a um, – I thought it was going to be Blowout-esque. Um, yeah, I could see that. But uh, it doesn't really turn out to be that. But and, and honestly, I would love to almost give spoilers on this, but I, I don't know that I can. Because, <laughs> like yeah, I there's, said, there's, there's so not much to spoil. Honestly, uh, like stuff happens. Yeah. So but... basically, he comes in. Tony to- Toby Jones's character comes in from uh, I, I, one would suppose somewhere in Europe to uh, to do the audio, all the audio on the Santini film, this horror, this Italian horror director, and um, he doesn't really know that he's doing a horse movie or, or, or a horror movie. He thought it was an equestrian type movie. And uh, he's like, oh, oh, come on, there are horses in it. Look, see, they're riding a the horse up to the thing right here. But um, the, his uh, his introduction to the whole thing and his immersion into the um, his immersion in the Italian world of of just of just you know people that speak Italian and he not understanding what they say to uh, his 
integration into the production of the movie. I, I, God, I wish I could talk more about this because I, I don't know that I can explain it well enough because it's so well, fucking let, bizarre. Let's you talk about maybe. the Italian stuff a minute. Like, okay. Like, how did you think about how they handled that <laughs> in, in the film? D- define Italian stuff. Well, like, just the language. Um, you know? It's, it's kind of not handled. N- yeah. <laughs> it's... Oh. I mean, did... Did you did you guys have subtitles? We we had subtitles. You didn't have subtitles. I had no subtitles. Well, that probably fucked you a lot, then, didn't it? No, it no no, 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 no. I I could turn them on, but I actually watched them with them off, and it was really weird. Hmm. Um, because like you get into like what in the hell he's thinking about all the time. That's actually very interesting. That's that's not a mm-hmm. bad little experiment to do. And and I'll say the same thing because Netflix did this to me earlier. Uh, I hadn't watched the whole thing, but I started to watch the ABCs of Death, and the first couple uh, of uh, of little shorts in that are in Spanish. And the mm-hmm. first one I watched was in Spanish, and there was no subtitles. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. The second one comes in, and I'm like, are there supposed to be fucking subtitles in here? And like, yeah, you know, you couldn't that's actually turn on what subtitles. just happened. Like, so, so I was watching this copy of, of the film and, uh, like the subtitles didn't come on. So I was like 20 minutes into the movie. I was like, I wonder if there's actually fucking subtitles on here. And there were, and then, but like, I knew that he wasn't understanding what, we, what he was talking about. So like, I've watched portions of it, like going back and watch portions of it. And I just, I don't know, man, I, I really don't know that it helps or makes a difference either. fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see that because a lot of the things that are spoken in Italian, uh, I, I would say a good number of those don't are, are kind of placeholders and would probably mm-hmm. be what you would expect them to be saying in those particular situations anyways. But uh, and then like later in the movie, then somehow he's miraculously sp- speaking Italian. You wonder how long has he been working on this film? And then all of a sudden I just it. It is a it, like I said. It's it's a beautiful movie. It's well shot. It's well acted. Everything in it is really good. But I I think for your average person, you're either gonna love or you're you're gonna really fucking hate this movie. I don't yeah. know that there's gonna be a ton yeah, of I think that's stuff. Right. Yeah, I think that's totally right. Like uh, it it's it's gorgeous. Um, I mean, there's some like if it, if anyone's familiar with. <laughs> With like sound effects work, like there's some really great destroyed food porn <laughs> yeah. uh, in this film. Um, no, I think, I, yeah, I think it's going to be very divisive for not only genre fans but also art house fans. Um, and those are kind of the two clubs of cinema files I would guess would go see this, right? I mean, it's not going to attract your general audience. And and those who do wander into it are just going to be like, what the fuck do I even do? Yeah, I I think whether or not you even like this movie, you you will come out, you know, at least questioning it. Yeah, it's a great movie to watch with other people and have discussions about it later because it is kind of a like, well, what did everyone else fucking think of this? Yeah. And uh, I was... um, I was listening to. Uh, I was just happened as I was passing out the theater there. Uh, the guy, one of the guys that runs the back alley film series, Jay. He was talking with some people, and you know, I guess you know, obviously some people were, you know, like what the fuck was that and whatever. And and I guess especially like due to that first trailer that's available, you can have preconceived notions as to what you're about to be, what you're about to watch. And mm-hmm. and he made the good point of like you can't get upset at a movie if it's not what you wanted it to be. 
Right. And that is certainly the case with this movie is that it's it wasn't it certainly wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It went off to a really odd, weird territory. And uh, and I'll let you I'll let people know right now, if you're not a fan of artsy kind of stuff, this is probably something you need to stay away from because this thing is artsy as fuck. Uh, for good or for bad, and you know we can you can probably debate on you know whether or not it kind of does. Well, those but there, things. but there are also a lot of things that it does art house style, right? That are also employed uh, in Italian horror cinema. Oh, I very mean, much it, so. It, like Italian horror cinema is th- is this weird uh, <laughs> like subgenre. In and of itself, within the horror uh, horror genre, that like has artistic respectability, it's fucking bizarre, honestly. Um, given the state that so much of the rest of of the genre like has to put up with, and uh, like is considered to be like lower lower art form, just like base, uh, nothing there worth of like a value, you know, like this worthless thing um, that's exploitive and. And uh, just no, there's no reason to actually care about it. Is how is how horror in general is viewed. But then you have the Italian horror films in the '70s that are like spoken about in the same breath as you know Fellini and Bergman. Yeah, and it, it's just this weird. So so the film does that stuff as well. Um, the things like the color palettes and the, of course, the sound design. Um, and, and the music's great. Uh, it performed, uh, written and performed by the band Broadcast. Um, I think the music is like pretty creepy and on point. And uh, yeah, so it's. Not, I, I don't know if I would say if you're not into arts. I would say if you're not into things that are difficult. Yeah, this, yeah. If if you have to have something that's laid out at your feet and said, here's what this is. If 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 that if that is if that idea comforts you, then perhaps this isn't the best. And like you said, uh, if uh, if you're a fan of uh, the Italian horror genre, there is a lot of things in here that uh, you'll definitely dig on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh! And can I say this? This is this is fantastic. Now the Back Alley Film Series. It's uh it's it's populated by a bunch of people who fucking love movies. And God bless them. I loved it so much because I <laughs> I just haven't had this experience lately. Inside the theater, this is a movie that has a lot of quiet in it, a lot of quiet and some and some cases of absolute silence. And in this theater, you could hear a pin drop. And oh my gosh, to to have to have an audience of people who love movies and were quiet and respectful and just watched and weren't questioning things and weren't going, "What does this mean? What what's going on? I don't understand this." I don't. Which any normal audience, you would get that. You'd get people that would get up and walk out and be pissed off. But in in this group of great cinephiles, people actually watched, shut up, paid attention, and then waited for everything to be over, and then walked out into the lobby, and then were like, "What did I watch?" You know, so. Gosh, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's a rare occurrence. And as as opposed to like when I saw White House Down and there was like <laughs> there was this reveal and then like three fourths of the way through the entire reveal guy goes, Whoa and I'm like, Really? What about that thing that just happened four seconds ago? That didn't tip you off that this guy was bad? <laughs> okay, all right, whatever. But uh, all right, everybody. That uh, I, I guess that is our review for this. Like I said, yeah. it's, it's tough to really talk a whole hell of a lot about it because it's. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give. A, it's give so it away. bizarre. Yeah, it's good. But it's uh, really yeah, good. 
so definitely go out and check that out. Uh, I found out, actually, that it is available on Amazon Instant Video. Uh, I think you can rent it for 48 hours for 7 bucks. So, you know, if you got a TV or a computer or whatever that could uh, do that up and do that justice, go ahead and do that. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite an interesting movie, and... Uh, if you watch it and you have an opinion on it, please email us at thefilmfind@gmail.com. I want to hear people's thoughts about this film. And uh, yeah, join the conversation. Let's talk more about these types of movies in general. I guess be very interesting to hear what other people have to say. All right, everybody, that is our uh, that is our review for uh, Barbarian Sound Studio. We're going to take a little break right here and come back with a movie that's on the complete opposite scale of of filmmaking. White House Down. We'll be back. everybody welcome back uh so we go from a great little uh art house type movie to a giant blockbuster movie that sadly wasn't exactly a blockbuster for uh who's putting this out is it i think it's it's not sony is it it might be sony i don't fucking remember that's how that's how well they've marketed this film uh but uh here's the trailer for the new film from uh, roland emmerich white house down Hey, can I show you something? These are White House passes. Your dad here has a job interview with the Secret Service. No way. <laughs> this is really cool. John Kale. Why do you want to be in the Secret Service? I can't think of a more important job than protecting the president. In college, you barely maintained a C average. <laughs> You're not to look at Agent Todd. <laughs> Special Agent Todd keeps making those sounds. I'm going to start looking at him. Did you get the job? Yeah, I think I got a shot. You know how it is. They gotta go talk amongst themselves. If you are just tuning in, we are going to breaking news out of Washington. This is John Cale. I'm in the White House. They've taken the building and they're holding hostages, including my daughter. Alpha One, do you have the target? Roger that. We're holding the president in the library. That's a library. Don't go in there. Just. Oh, this is so stupid. You mean Mr. President? Let's just call SEAL Team 6 and they come in here to get us. We have a scramble sat phone in the residence. Great, where's that at? Of course it is. By the way, John Cale. Same story. Help is not coming. You just need to get out of there. My little girl is counting on me right now and I'm not going to disappear on her. Explosive used at the Capitol was a diversion. 
There's gotta be a bigger play. Like what? There's only one way to find out. Peace and all that, but you gotta stick that thing out there and go to work. Damn right. I lost the rocket launcher. You lost? How do you I lose lost. a rocket launcher? Get your hands off my joints! All right, everybody, that was the trailer for White House Down, the new film from Roland Emmerich, the man who brought you such movies as Independence Day 2012. Uh, we don't like to talk about Godzilla. <laughs> but hey, Stargate, Stargate, Patriot. He made some good films. I mean, the guy knows how to make uh, a, a blockbuster uh, day after tomorrow while it's uh, – it's weather things are a little bit to be uh, desired for true scientific facts. It was a fun movie. Hmm. It was. Uh, it, it is what it was, even though Dennis Quaid's in it, <laughs> which is always. I don't know why. It's like Dennis Quaid's in this. Or, or uh, yeah, Dennis Quaid's in this. I, was, I almost go Randy Quaid, but that would be. Oh my god, if Randy Quaid was in that role, I always think about that. Think about any Dennis Quaid movie you've seen. If you take Randy Quaid and put it in the equation, somehow motherfucker just got a hundred times better. What if it was Randy Quaid's character from Independence Day? Ooh, in in Day After Tomorrow. God, I would buy. I'd buy five tickets right now. But well, uh, well okay. So, so start start us out here. Also, I, I want to point out, um, like this is as much a Roland Emmerich movie as as it is a, a James Vanderbilt scripted movie. Um, James Vanderbilt wrote. Uh, um, the screenplays for The Rundown and Zodiac and The Losers and The Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, he's got um, like RoboCop and Amazing Spider-Man 2 and just a whole bunch of other stuff coming up. Um, so this is a guy who I think has a knack for writing semi-complex action Mm-hmm. films um i mean zodiac's kind of the anomaly yeah but you can still see some of the story beats that he's interested in play out there um yeah anyway but but to get i guess to get us started off adam what go ahead white house <laughs> down what, what's up well okay white house down i i went into this with uh with the expectations that one would expect at a roland emmerich film uh like like we've said you know we we talked about his little track record and you know that that's kind of what he does, and I think in this film he does it pretty well. I mean, you have Channing Tatum and uh, and Jamie Fox as your uh, main leads, and uh, they're they're pretty great. I mean, they're you know Channing Tatum is like anyone who still believes that Channing Tatum is not somebody to be watched or just like oh he's like just some muscle bound dude for the chicks and stuff. You're sadly fucking mistaken. Channing Tatum is quickly becoming one of my favorite actors, and mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a he's a dude who like after you see like Twenty One Jump Street and Magic Mike and stuff, you get that this guy gets who he is. He yeah. understands it and like and is willing to kind of embrace that you know quality in himself. And uh, and Jamie Foxx is Jamie Foxx has been pretty solid in just about everything he's in. Um, 
except for that one, the soloist where he, I, I didn't see it, but like everyone said it was absolutely awful where he permanently yeah, chipped his tooth in order to clearly try to get it an, an Oscar. And th- that didn't work because everybody thought it was a piece of crap. But, um, yeah, overall, overall, this is a, this is a, this is a fun movie. It is, it's, a, if not predictable, it, it is, it is very fun. Um, it's Die Hard. Yeah. That's, this is this is die the hard. best. This is the best Die Hard on a movie since Die Hard. Yeah, and and of course you know like like Speed Two right was Mark, like Die Hard on a on a boat is what that that movie was uh, like the big quote on the poster from probably Sean Edwards that quote whore <laughs> uh, over at Fox. Um, but yeah, this is I think this is the best Die Hard movie since the first Die Hard. I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but I, I it's, it's a it's a fun. It's the it's the best die. It's better than Live Free or Die Hard. I'll give you that. It's it's also better than Die Hard two, and I would say I like may, three a lot. Maybe better than three, maybe. But I have to watch them back to back. I got. Well, I'll tell you some. We'll get into some reasons why why this is not as good as say like uh, Die Hard three and the villain. The villain's not as good, but 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 you know what? Like uh, like Jason Clark, um, who uh, is is an actor that I really love. Uh, like really he's, does play a good an, bad guy. Yeah, this. he's another person that a lot of people you recognize his face, but you you may not know what his name is. Yeah, and he and I mean his star profile's been on the rise, right? Like he's been getting bigger and bigger roles, and that's great. I love him. He's good. Um, he he's a good villain. Uh, I think I think that's something that this this film though does not have that the Die Hard films do have, which are very strong villains. Yeah, and the villains you, here are at, good, but they're not iconic villains. Right, and I think as a Hans Gruber or a uh, Simon, I haven't seen I haven't seen the Die Hard in Russia film that was out last year. But, it is not good, <laughs> but I but I do have it in the queue, ready to go. Um, but I will say this, even about Live Free or Die Hard, like. Like Timothy Oliphant, really awesome. Still, like, still they, better. Yeah, still a better villain than 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 some. Yeah, and and I think that is one strength of of the Die Hard films is like you know John McClane's going to go through the same crap every single movie and come out on top. But at least they find somebody, uh, at least acting wise. Maybe not like the characters well written or anything, but the actor is totally up to the task. Yeah. All right, so let's get into just a little bit of the old uh, plot here. Channing Tatum kind of plays like a, a low-level security guy for the Speaker of the House. Uh, he was kind of just uh, played by Richard Jenkins, motherfucking Oscar-nominated Richard Jenkins up in this bitch, giving a little little credo to this uh, to this little action film. He's not the only one. No, there, no, not him. Not this just film him. has a cast. Oh, man. yeah, man. You got motherfucker James Woods up in this bitch. Come on. Mag- Maggie Gyllenhaal, who I like, but doesn't do her best work either. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, a little. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he plays this guy and uh, his daughter, of of whom uh, he's, he's uh, separated from his wife or divorced or however. We don't really get into much to that. But uh, his daughter couldn't give a crap about him, but she loves political stuff, as all uh, little 12-year-old girls girls tend to do um <laughs> but uh ends up taking her on a tour of the white house and everything while he tries to go and get himself a job on the secret service but he's always been considered kind of a half-assy kind of guy as as one would think you know with this kind of character and it's it is very like i said a lot of this 
if if you want to paint it out, you can predict every single thing that's going to happen in this movie, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing either. I I don't think. But uh, so as as he's going on this thing, um, there's a giant coordinated event to take over and blow up the Capitol building and try to uh, essentially take the president out, uh, amongst other things. And I don't want to get too much into before we start doing some spoilers as to exactly what happens. But uh, uh, heroism ensues, I guess we could say. Yeah. Or heroism. Hero- Her- heroism? Her- heroinism. Heroinism. <laughs> uh, have you seen Requiem for a Dream? Everyone, uh, it really takes an odd turn, gets super dark. Everyone, you know, <laughs> shoots this- up and takes a nap. <laughs> I, uh, well, let, go, let's, let's move forward and then we'll, then we'll talk some more about Okay. Yeah. You had something? I, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this movie, man. Like it was like it was like sitting in the theater like a little kid. You're just like, yeah, like the story's predictable. There are beats that you know are going to happen, but like it's a lot of fun and it's handled like better than most uh, like action movies of this sort. Um, I didn't see Olympus Has Fallen. That's the other like White House uh, disaster porn flick that came out, which I think um, may have actually hurt this the box office of this movie. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that they weren't uh, distinguishable. Um, I mean, like, I knew the difference because I thought that, uh, if anything, this looked like from the trailer that it had better special effects than Olympus Has Fallen. Um, But, you know, like, I don't know. I I just liked it. All right. Well, let me get into this since you you brought it up. Uh, The special effects. This is Mm -hmm. where uh, I kind of have a problem with this movie is I think the effects are all fucking over the place. Sometimes they sometimes things look fantastic and great, but there are so many scenes in this movie. And this is kind of honest to goodness. It drew me out of the movie. Now, most people are probably not going to be able to see this shit, but I see it sticks out like a sore thumb to me just because I come from that technical background, but there are so many green screen shots in this movie. If you, mm-hmm. I would love to see it in un, an unkeyed version of this movie to see all of the green screen that's in it. Cause there is so fucking much of it. It is just, it's egregiously bad. Now it doesn't, now it's not as bad as like, cause I talked a couple episodes ago about uh, Cosmopolis and how it, that just, that was just shitty keying period. But this is like, it's, it's obvious stuff and they, it seemed okay for a lot of movies. What they'll do is they'll shoot a scene or whatever. And then they'll kind of CGI some shit in the background. Okay. There's your Washington monument. We'll CGI that in. And so then that's what you'll, that's what you'll be able to see. Um, they, you'll notify now, okay, this is Washington, Washington monument. We are in Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. Um, this seemed like they were like, fuck that noise. We're not even going to go out to a real location. We'll just put you guys all on green screen. You go out and do plates of Washington, DC. And that really, it bugged me because every, there were so many shots where it's just like, okay, that's green screen. That's green screen and stuff that you wouldn't even think should have to be green screen at all because there's nothing fucking going on. Yeah. It's not like there's a lot of, you know, 
giant, you know, destruction and stuff in the background. It's just it's people standing in a Washington D.C. location, and like I can understand that in particular places you can't go and shoot in Washington, but you can fake things a little bit better than than just saying "fuck it, we're going to throw them up against a green screen and throw some plates in the background." I just it it seemed like, especially coming from Roland Emmerich, it seemed like lazy filmmaking to me. Mm, I don't know. That didn't bother me. Like, I know the fucking White House isn't blowing up with fucking rockets on the roof. I don't even, like, that, that's not even but, it. You know, but, I mean, but, I wish but, that you know, was like, the problem. I, I will say, I will say that one, one of those effect shots that really did bother me is the, is the, the, the scene, both, both times, the scenes in the helicopter where they quote unquote do the thing. The thing. You know, <laughs> okay. which, which, which is just, they, you know, they go across the fucking reflecting pool and, uh, like do a, do a little fly 360 by around the, the, the yeah Lincoln fly Memorial. by of the Lincoln Memorial and uh, like that does look bad um, like it doesn't look like there are helicopters there it doesn't look like they're at the place it, like it doesn't even look like the place <laughs> I can't tell what in those shots is actual and CG and maybe none of it but it's at least varying qualities of maybe none of it. Yeah, like yeah, um, and and I do know like that does happen. But I got to tell you, man, like uh, I enjoyed watching um, like Jamie Fox and uh, and uh, Channing Tatum on screen together so much that I just kind of quit caring about that stuff. Um, and I do think that even then, even with those issues, uh, the special effects look better than what I was seeing in the Olympus Has Fallen trailers. Okay, okay. Which which was my main point of comparison. Uh this is not like this is not great special effects, but it's at least solid. Um you know. And they didn't spend 190 million on it. So That's, that's another why. thing. I do want to I don't I don't know the budget on. Do you know do you happen to have that off the top of your head? Uh it's it's like 150 or 60 which is about standard, I, I think, say, these for a big days, temple. These days, for that size of film and for what this uh, attempts to accomplish as far as scope, that's not too awful bad. Yeah, I mean, like... It's Especially no, consider it, all parties involved. Right. and Well, and also considering, like, the actual debacles of, of runaway budgets that we've encountered recently, um, where you have uh, Sony being... or I mean, uh, Paramount being really... Uh, worked up over World War Z's $190 million uh, budget and uh, Disney having yet another, it appears, major flop on its hands with the Lone Ranger um, that had like a ridiculous like $250 million budget. So ridiculous. And it's like, you know, all these runaway productions that these studios just keep dumping their money into. And... Uh, you know, at least this one did it for about what the par is anyway for for a uh, like respectable uh, action thriller right. uh, of of this scope, right? I mean, 150 million is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money compared to what you know Michael Bay routinely uses or yeah, Gore Verbinski uses every time there's a pirates movie or this Lone Ranger or John Carter, Mars, you know, like, yeah. This I, will, I think this will do okay on video. It'll or it, 
I, I say that, but you know, I you know, we just listened to you know KCRW this weekend or in the last couple of days, and that whole you know response, and I, that's another that's another film find discussion altogether on w- why the video market is failing. But um, I, I think overall, this thing might get might get its due back. But um, well, I you know I haven't looked at the international box office, and it has to be much better than domestic. Um, I mean, this is where like any of these types of films are really going to make their money anyways, is international. Um, cause the domestic box office, quite frankly, just isn't there for them anymore. Um, and I don't know if I actually think part of what, you know, aside from that, like, is it confusing? Are people confusing this with, with Olympus has fallen? Did that hurt? It's box office. Like aside from that possibility, another thing that might be hurting its box office is that people expect it to suck, and uh, and it doesn't. So maybe it can make up some of its uh, money um, in the future just by people going out saying like, no, if you enjoy these types of movies, this is one that's uh, I think is actually kind of worth it, um, even if you're like going to a like Thursday matinee for five bucks at AMC or you're going to uh, rent it from Redbox. like no matter what the deal is, like this one's actually worth your time uh, if you enjoy this type of film. Yeah. And I, I, and I do. So. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it'll probably do fairly steady business overall um, mm-hmm. because like, like I was in, uh, I was, I saw it last night and so it was on the second with uh, about a nine thirty show. And it, it was it was fairly it was fairly packed for you know that time of night and that time of the week, and so I was I was kind of surprised about that. So it it may just it may kind of get a little bit of word of mouth and just do steady business. It's not gonna it's it's not gonna climb a spot, but it might it might stick it. What number four? Yeah, I also think it has potential to grow just because you know it came out on on uh, it came out last last Friday, right? Right, this past Friday. And, uh, you know, a lot of people the weekend before holiday weekends don't really do don't much. go to the movies yeah. because they're off the next weekend. They're going to be hanging out with their families. And this might be a movie that people were saving for fucking hoorah, hoorah, July the 4th. And, uh, you know, let's kick some whoever the fuck's taking over the White House's ass. And uh, I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but but it, it is a pattern that when there's a holiday weekend where people are off of work like halfway through the week – uh, people tend to wait until that, like halfway through the week, to be off and go to the movies again. Interesting, interesting that you say that because I just got a, a text from AMC uh, earlier today that uh, on July fourth, if you are a military or veteran, you can get like it's like buy one get one ticket free or whatever for for White House down on July fourth. So uh, you there know, there you go. There you go. If you uh, if you have any military experience or whatnot, go ahead and uh, you know you can see it for uh, fairly cheap. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, overall, I think it's an I think it's a decent movie. Um, I, I still have yet to truly be amazingly blown away by anything box off or, uh, or summer summer movie wise this year. Uh, I enjoyed World War Z a lot and uh, uh, enjoyed Monsters Inc a lot. This is this was decent. I'm really, I'm hoping to be blown away. I, I really, uh, well, I, got, I think this is probably we one got of the next week. week. What, what's next week? On the on the twelfth, we got Pacific Rim. Paci- hopefully, uh, there's fingers crossed on Pacific Rim. I mean, Pacific Rim could either be really great or it's going to be a steaming pile of shit. 
as I don't even care if there's a story. Can I get like two hours of just fucking bebots beating the shit out of <laughs> out of fucking interdimensional creatures? I, yeah, I, I'm really will, hoping it's good. I will. I will tell you, like, if the Transformers movies were two hours of giant robots just beating the shit out of each other and like just left all that story behind, I'd fucking love them. It'd be like avant-garde cinema. <laughs> Like, no story. It's just giant shit beating the hell out of other giant shit. It's great. I, I And I'm one, of, I'm one of those people that enjoys the second one to the, a little lesser extent. But I, I still enjoy the Transformers movies for no, what they too. are. <laughs> but, 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 but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Remove the, the shitty story, the, the crappy plot. I uh, I hope, but at the same time, there are a lot of people that I think that if we all, I, th- I think we want to think that, but I th- think if they took us, if they took some, especially like the human element, because uh, a lot of people think, oh, we've, why, why do we have like the Shia LaBeouf character? Why could we just take him out of the loop if it was just all the, all the robots just interacting with each other and that's just, you know, car- like the cartoon or whatever, that's going to be that that would be the best and it's like i don't know that that's really i know that's what we think that we want but i think if they gave it to us i don't know that that would be what we would want well i think i, it's, wrong. I, I think it's what i want <laughs> i can't speak for other people but i don't like, know in fact like i don't know if anyone's if, ever gonna have the balls to pull that off though if anyone out there uh wants to do a fan edit of Ooh. the transformers films um like please do that uh, like do do exactly how they did Phantom Menace. Like yeah, they took all, all the Jar Jar shit. Uh, like most of the Jake Lloyd. Like just take all that out. Like leave the bare bones of whatever story we need, and then just uh, like fucking giant robots wailing on one another. If somebody wants to do that, uh, please do. I I'm not going to do it because I don't care enough to <laughs> do it personally. But uh, but if somebody out there is really bored and you know the economy sucks. Uh, so you probably don't have a job, some of you. Go do it. Uh, which, which is why you're listening to this free podcast. <laughs> um, Send us twenty nine ninety five right now. <laughs> go ahead and carry the film fine. So uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's. Uh, okay. So I guess we both uh, you you a little bit more than me, but, uh, but we, we both I'm, fairly I'm enjoyed totally, this film. I'm totally on board with White House Down. I will highly recommend it to everyone. I will recommend you rent it later <laughs> and enjoy it in your home. Uh, we're gonna do that, okay? So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead here. If I can, hopefully, I have it all queued up properly. Oh my gosh, I'm so fucking unprepared for today's show. Here we go. Warning, warning. The following contains movie spoilers. You have been warned. Okay, let's get into some spoilers here. Uh, we not, not an awful lot to talk about, but I guess we can talk a little bit about uh, some of the things. And um, let, let's talk a little bit about how I could see everything in this movie coming from a mile away. First of all, i got to say I enjoy James Woods being a badass, even at his old age. Yeah, I think yeah, he's fucking awesome. He's great. Yeah, like the, this movie, this type of movie... A Roland Emmerich movie, a film, if you will, <laughs> uh, d- does not require very much in the like paying attention department as far as following what's going on, right? I mean, things are telegraphed very far in advance as to like how things are going to start shaking down. Um, although I will say that first little twist with uh, James Woods is a little bit of a surprise. 
I, a little I, bit of blood. I, I, I kind of figured it out by the time it happened, but like as things were leading up to it, I didn't see it coming. The second I saw the cake, I knew it was him. I don't know why. <laughs> the cake, I was just like, this motherfucker's behind this shit. <laughs> I would have loved if I was if I was Fair like enough. if I was really an aggressive shit moviegoer, I'd have just been like, "This motherfucker's in it. It's him." Well, it wasn't long after that that it started to dawn on me that that was likely going to be what happened. But it was like it was when he was so insistent to send Maggie Gyllenhaal out. Yeah, you know, like get out of here. You're too tired. You know. And about uh, honestly, ten minutes after that, I knew Richard Jenkins was in on it too. Yeah, yeah. I got, well, yeah, I called all of this shit from just like uh, it was just that was Babe Ruth in this him, movie. I actually called him before because they have that whole scene where he's all like, "I can't back the president," you know? Yeah, and uh, like I, I called him. I love this spot. This my him. office is great. I have to be yeah. here, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I mean, you can see everything coming, but uh, like, who really? I mean, is that what we're here for? That's what we're here for. White House down. I guess. No, we're here to watch. We're here to watch for that fucking moment where Channing Tatum takes off his fucking suit, puts on the flak jacket, and gets down to fucking business. And where's and and where's a wife beater? Just like who? John McClane. That's right. Yeah, of course, he's, just like John McClane. So, because it's the fucking Die Hard. They're like they're every. It's like you sit there and you watch it and you're like Die Hard beat, Die Hard even, beat, Die Hard he, beat. <laughs> the guy coming like, in to like hack the system. And, but, but even just like. Just like yeah, yeah, it's like all the plots. Every the little, diehards. every major there's the fucking plane hijackings. <laughs> there's the fucking building under siege. There's the black sidekick. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But it's, it's true. I mean, it's it's all the plots of Die Hard crammed into one, and it's uh, it's awesome. I mean. <laughs> But, I mean, that's what you're there for is Channing Tatum kicking some ass, taking some names. Uh, he, you know he's going to, like, just beat the ever-loving hell or shoot anyone uh, that comes between him and saving his daughter because that's what an action hero does. Um, and, and, honestly, like, I really enjoyed his dynamic with Jamie Foxx as well. Uh, like, the president, you expect oh, – you. Hold on. You told you, so you said before before we started that you found something online that called this Obama porn. Yes. And I don't know exactly what in the fuck that means. <laughs> so uh, uh, I was I was googling because we were talking about where I was like, what are they going to call the the White House down uh, porn? Because that's always you know that's uh, it'd be I'm sure it's funny like White House goes down going down on the White House or some some shit. And there's already been like since uh, Obama, there's already been Obama based porn. Uh, on the internet, so um, does it star that guy who does the impersonation on all the shows? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so yeah, so so while I was looking for that, I, I googled, and apparently, um, there a lot of conservative groups have are, are kind of applauding because this movie's tanked at the box office, calling, and they were they've been calling this movie Obama porn, and to a small degree, I understand. I, I can see, I like, I, I don't really necessarily agree per se, but we have to agree upon this. Jamie Fox is channeling Barack Obama, hundred percent. Come on. Well, but but is he channeling Barack Obama because of the actual character? Is he channeling Barack Obama because he's playing a black president in 2013? I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I do. Because, because I don't feel like his personality is that close. It's, his personality is not, cl is not that close, but 
it's his cadence is off just enough for it not to be an Obama impression. But he has. I, like, got, I got the feeling that he was being like a young Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact. I don't know. Kind of, but but like when he answers, like when uh, when Chan Tatum's uh, daughter asked the question of him for her YouTube blog, um, he the way he goes. No one says blog anymore. <laughs> the way that he goes about answering the question is is a hundred percent like. I mean, you could say it's politician, but it sounded like a straight Obama type answer to me. But. It's and like I, you know, it, whatever. I, I, I honestly don't give a fuck. And most people that know about my <laughs> political persuasions know I hate pretty much every politician on the face of the planet. So, you know, don't just go. Oh, he's a Republican. No, I'm not. But I, I could see where conservatives would say this because, like, he he is kind of like you know he does kind of channel Obama in my opinion. Uh, he does. It is very much like this guy is just you know going to to spread peace and. And and like a lot of you know political stuff, he has no fucking clue how to truly do it. Um, it's all good handshakes, and and when and we've seen in our own personal history how well all that shit goes. Um, but he also he also I feel like is like in a weird way, uh, like he's too much of a like. I don't know. He has a spine. He has a fucking spine, which is something that like <laughs> Obama like, kind of lacks at times. Uh, well, and and I voted for the guy, right? <laughs> like twice. Like I like I like the guy enough, but like sometimes I just wish, you know, he had a fucking backbone. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. that's definitely a big difference. Is like Jamie Foxx plays this president as someone who like gets his shit together and does it. Yeah, uh, and and I think that's a striking difference that maybe. Like, but I, I could see how a lot of this could go because, like, really, when you look at it, it's like the lady that they've got portraying his wife looks just like Michelle Obama does. Her hairstyle is the same way. Everything is so. On I can't even key. remember who that is because they're there in like five seconds of. <laughs> yeah, she's not there for long. But when you do see her, and she's so conveniently in France, um, <laughs> I thought, well, it's like uh, I, I, and I really, I long for the day when. Uh, Daryl Hammond would come on as Bill Clinton and in, and review movies that have to do with the president. I would have loved to see what he say, said about this movie. <laughs> and her wife yeah. is gone off over in Paris. He can do whatever he wants in the White House. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was always like, what was it? Uh, another Roland Emmerich film where it's uh, Independence Day. Where doesn't doesn't his wife die in Independence Day? Yeah, and then he gives that rousing speech at the end where everybody's like he's happy. The he's president's like, really wife is dead. Wife. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was always like had to do with the president's wife being dead or whatever, and he's just like, this movie is great. <laughs> I always, I'm like, damn it, Daryl Heaven needs to come back and just re- resurrect that for for a review of this film. But. Uh, I don't know. Uh, all political things aside, it's it, it's predictable. It is kind of, but it, it's okay. It's all right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a so this it's is, doesn't make like for for all the for all the criticism that the right uh, like would spew about you know like oh this is Obama porn like this is also totally the type of fucking fascistic wet dream that the right would have. I mean, barring the fact that. That the that the villains are in fact not Muslims, which thank 
fucking god because I would have gone ballistic. Yeah. Um, you know, they're But like, at the same fingers, time, at the like, same time, boy were they pointing at the media. Boy do they yeah. point at the media who they are a fucking part of. I I, I want to remind yeah. everybody that the media was just like that the first thing that they go is they're Arabs, it's part of the fucking they're Muslims going in there and like I I agree with you that I'm glad that it wasn't them, but at the same time, I don't necessarily – specifically making it not and pointing it out specifically that they are not because of that point makes it seem like thou dost protest too much. Yeah, I guess A little bit to me to where it's just like, see? See what we did? We didn't make a Muslim. The media thought they were Muslim. We didn't make a Muslim. They're not Muslim. And that that, that just got chosen a little. Well, I mean, fair enough. But that is also part of the, like, incessant need for American cinema to bludgeon the fucking mainstream audience over its head with its points, right? Like. Oh, look at these fucking people. They were going to be all racist about this shit. But no, it turns out they're actually like all white people, some of them white supremacists, some of them ex-military, some of them who are in it and don't even know what the fucking plot – like their deal is. Some of those people. And it's It's just just, like – They don't even know what they're there for. They don't even know what they're doing. It's like I didn't sign up for this. It's like what did you sign up for? They know what they're there for. Uh, It's to get Channing Tatum to beat the shit out of them. (laughs) And, a, and rightfully so. There's like a dude who like at one point is just like, look, I don't even know what this. I mean, it almost was like that scene in Iron Man 3 where he was well, just was like, at the very I don't end. Even it's like, know dude, you could have bailed at any point when some <laughs> ridiculous shit was about to go down involving like trade, like being a traitor. Oh, um, this is bad, like, guys. Oh, this this thing, this thing where we're going to launch some nuclears, huh. n- nuclear bombs, these nukes. No, I wasn't down for this. Like, well, then what the fuck were you down for? Why Hector, you, you helped us load these in the van. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, it's fucking great. I, like, if, if, you, if you think that, uh, that I am right more than Adam, <laughs> you will enjoy this movie. And if you think that Adam's right more than me, uh, just, just wait for go. Just, just, just don't wait bother. For just, I, yeah, like I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's an awful movie. I'm not saying it's a great movie. I'm saying it's I'm saying it's worth a rental. Um, for me, you know, if you have Die Hard on Blu-ray, just, just watch Die Hard again. You know, uh, J- Jason Clark and James Woods are great people, but they they're no uh, they're, they're no Hans Gruber. Well, so that's that's that goes without saying. Fight me on that one, motherfucker. I'm not. I already made the point. They're not. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is our review for White House Down, the new film from Roland Emmerich. I don't know why that's hard to say. But, uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing next week, remind you of our little giveaway, and uh, we're going to wrap up the show. So uh, stay tuned, everybody.
All right, everybody. That is it for this week's edition of the Film Find. Uh, a nice tight show for those of you who are sitting there and going, oh, my God, they go on for two and a half hours about Man of Steel and fucking <laughs> zombies. And holy crap. I mean, could these guys... We gave you, and we gave you a nice light show today, you know, so it's there you go. <laughs> you can get through it in one sitting, but that's what we like about podcasts. We can make them as long or short as we want to. It is our damn prerogative. Ooh, I think I just found my outro song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we're going to, uh, next week, looks like we're going to be uh, reviewing The Lone Ranger uh, that's coming out. Uh, it's actually out right now, uh, July 4th weekend, so those things come out quite early. Um, uh, I should be, uh, we should have Sean back with us for that because he expressed some interest in reviewing that with us, so uh, we're going to check that out. And, uh, boy, I cannot wait to get into some Johnny Depp uh, discussion because I have a lot of thoughts about Johnny Depp. Most of them, not positive. Um, (laughs) Most of them are very not positive things about Johnny Depp. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing that next week. Um, Let's also talk and remind you one more time that we have the uh, little contesty type thing going on. Uh, Go to thefilmfind.com and you'll find the links to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, review us on iTunes and subscribe on iTunes. So please do that. And if we come across a film find uh, review on iTunes, or you guys email us at thefilmfind.com and we find something interesting that we can talk about on the show, um, you'll be in the running. You know, there's a good possible chance that you can pick yourself up a really nice looking uh, Stanley Kubrick coffee table book uh, sent right to you just for interacting with this show. And we're going to kind of continue to do that and. Uh, you know, just to see if we can get you guys to kind of interact with us. So uh, please do that. Uh, Matt, where can people find some more of your work on the Internet, sir? Always go to the splitscreen.wordpress.com. That's I'm writing there all the time right now. So check in. Excellent. And always you can uh, just follow the show at The Film Find and also myself at The Film Find. And you can follow Matt at, um, at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Is that right? Yes. For your, I, I thought so. Good deal. All right, everybody. That is it for your this episode of The Film Find. And uh, we – Johnny Depp is a fucking Indian. I just he's – ru- He's ruined, I think, whatever goodwill Dead Man gave him. Oh, boy. Anyways, yeah. So, strap in, folks. That's going to be... God almighty, that's going to be an interesting discussion. All right, everybody. That does it for this week's episode of The Film Fine. We'll see you next time, guys.
it's a blizzard that I can't have money in my pocket and people not talk about me. This world is a trip. I don't know what's going on these days. Got this person over here talking about me, this person. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. This is my prerogative. I can do what I want to do. I made this money, you did. Right, Ted? We out of here. It's mine. It's mine. Librarian Sound Studio. <laughs> Librarian Sound Studio. You kids need to shut up. <laughs> no talking in the library. No talking in the Librarian Sound Studio. <laughs> That's what I used to do. Like, they always used to be live. Li- God damn himself. Called the library. Well, it is the library. I'm in the library. And no strawberry. Talking in, no talking and in strawberries. Library. Strawberries. Strawberries and lawberries. Let me put my teeth back in. <laughs> you see, Matthew, this movie is all about me <laughs> and the things I want to do. So I would like are. to have a rocket launcher and shoot out the back of my limo. But you know what? The Secret Service won't let me. <laughs> I think they're a little bit dicks. Independence Day, the science fiction fantasy starring Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, and Will Smith was not only last summer's biggest box office hit, it was a national phenomenon. Here with his review is update movie critic and 42nd president of these United States, Bill Clinton. Thank you. Norm, director Roland Emmerich's film, Independence Day, tells the story, tells the story of a young, idealistic, compassionate president who's facing a crisis, frustrated in his personal life, and unable to realize his vision for the country due to a hostile Congress. But suddenly, everything turns around, and he's able to achieve true greatness when aliens invade Earth and a helicopter crash kills his wife. I love this movie. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah, it sounds like you enjoyed it, Mr. President. <laughs> Norm, I think it deals with some of the most fundamental questions of existence. Is there intelligent life out there? Is it friendly? If not, What if it came to Earth and killed the president's wife? Uh, I guess I never thought about that, Mr. President. (laughs) I have. (laughs) Every day of my life. Well, getting back to the film, Mr. President, was there anything that you didn't like? Well, I felt the character of Will Smith's girlfriend, the beautiful stripper, could have been developed more. We never learn much about her. For example, does she have friends? Are they also strippers?
hang on. Are they also strippers? And if they are, why doesn't she bring her stripper friends to meet the president? <laughs> After all, his wife is dead. <laughs> Any other problems you saw in the film? Well, there's several characters in the film were smokers. I don't think we need to see that. <laughs> okay, so if you had to pick one thing about the movie that you most liked, what would it be? The helicopter crash. <laughs> you know that part where the president's wife, they killed? Yes, Dead. I know. Yes, I know. Oh. You like that one? <laughs> yeah. So on a, on a scale of one to ten, then, what do, you, what do you give this film? Norm, I give this baby a ten. Wow, that's great. I love this movie.